You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. It's time to talk about the Green Bay Packers. This is your Packers Update, the Daily Cheese, brought to you by Packernet.com, powered by Overtime Media. The Daily Cheese is a collaboration with the Packernet Podcast, hosted by Ryan Schlipp, the Pack Daddy. And I am your host, JJ Leahy. I'm going to start today with a new segment I'm going to call Stupid News, because this just sucks. Aaron Rodgers shaved off his mustache again. I don't... I don't feel like I'm asking for a lot here. Can he just play the whole season with that amazing Fu Manchu mustache? I just, Super Bowl would be cool, but the mustache is what I really want. Anyways, that does it for stupid news. Tune in next time something horrible happens. The Packers held their second to last training camp practice today. By the way, due to scheduling issues, yesterday afternoon's podcast got posted this morning. We did make sure to get that out before the Packers started practice, though. Because there's a lot we need to get through today. First of all, practice today was really rough. The offense tried both some trickery and some interesting deep plays this morning with mixed results. Tyler Irvin missed an assignment, causing Rodgers to launch it deep to Devontae Adams instead, which was intercepted by Chandon Sullivan. If you haven't been keeping up, Tyler Irvin seems to be moving from running back to wide receiver. Reporters noted over and over again that all across the field, this was a very sloppy practice. Tom Silverstein. Fumbles. Players lining up incorrectly. Turnovers. Bill Huber. Ball on the ground again, this time with Rodgers at quarterback, a lot of fakes on the play, and I have no idea what happened. Ryan Wood. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams have been off a couple times today. Rodgers pass on third and short, just a little bit wide of an open Adams in the right flat. Deflecting off his fingers, Adams kicks the football in disgust for not making the catch. Ryan Wood again. 
Don't see position coaches call timeout in the middle of a team rep often. However, that's exactly what Justin Outen did before a third down rep. Outen trotted onto the field to make sure Jay Sternberger was lined up in the right spot. Gives you an idea of how today went. Matt LaFleur did not seem too concerned about this going forward when he was asked about it afterwards. I don't think it was up to our standards. Um, certainly, that's that's what I talked to the guys about. And you know, we, every time we step on that field, we got to have that urgency. We got to have that attention to detail. And you know, it starts with me. It starts with myself. It starts with our coaches, and it, it trickles to our players. We're all going to be accountable to one another. And when it's not good enough, you you can't be afraid to let everybody know. And, and again, that starts with myself. Equinemia St. Brown missed today's practice. No news yet as to what's going on there. Raven Green and Mercedes Lewis were also absent. Randy Ramsey missed his second practice in a row. And cornerback Will Sunderland was out today on injury. And finally, Oren Burks did not finish practice today. He was here for the beginning, but dropped out halfway through. This leads me to something that Brian Gutekun said in his press conference this afternoon. He was asked how he decides to who to keep or who to cut when he makes his 53-man roster cut down, which, in combination with the new extended practice squad, is going to be a 69-man roster. What Gutekun said is that the health of our players factors in quite a bit. Now, you have to immediately jump to the defensive line, where there's hardly any depth, and Trayvon Hester and Montrevious Adams are both out on injury, possibly for a while. He suggested that positions that have more injuries may end up keeping more players. And we're going to go ahead and start talking about some of that cut-down news. Cut-down day is one week away. Matt LaFleur confirmed, quote, more or less, it's a few roster spots down at the bottom. That he's taking into consideration. To help out in making those decisions, they have one more practice tomorrow. It's going to be held inside Lambeau, and the goal here is to simulate a game experience. It's going to be our closest opportunity to a game-like experience. We're going to have the guys in their uniforms. It's going to be all unscripted, and hopefully we can get into some situational ball that happens naturally throughout the course of a game. We're going to have our coaches are going to be up in the in the press box. We're going to have our headsets on. We're going to have uh, the tablets, the NFLs coming in here to help us with just your, your typical game day procedures. We'll have, we'll have some officials That'll be the first time that we've had officials here. So, you know, I'm really excited to see how these guys respond to that situation. Just to to hear hear the call um, so they can go out there and, and play fast. And and um, just really excited for that opportunity for these guys. Are you going to ask the officials to emphasize anything, um, especially, I guess, with contact and... Yeah, yeah. Just you're talking with, like, leading with the head and illegal contact. Yeah, certainly we'll... We'll ask them. Now, these guys aren't NFL officials, but um, we'll make them aware of, of the emphasis just so that our guys get a good learning experience. As I teased yesterday, I'm also going to talk a bit about wide receiver. First off, a little snippet from former CFL receiver Reggie Bigleton. According to Reggie, Devontae Adams told him, don't be afraid to annoy me with questions. Devontae's always been an outspoken leader in the wide receiver room. Last year, Adams fronted his own money and offered up prizes to receivers in last year's preseason games. Catch a touchdown pass, Adams would give you $500. Hit 100 receiving yards in a game, and you get $1,000. Hit both, and Adams would double the prize. That might not sound like a ton of money for an NFL player, but keep in mind these are undrafted free agents. $1,000 to them is worth about the same as $1,000 to me. Hint, that's a lot of money. Begleton also had a somewhat strange quote, saying if he makes the team, his confidence will reach a new level, and he'll bring out a whole other version of himself. I would strongly encourage Mr. Beckleson, if he has another level, he should bring it out now and impress his coaches so he can make the team. Reggie also noted something that I have repeated a thousand times on Twitter already. Stop saying he's going to have an adjustment from the CFL to the NFL. Learning all the new rules in American football. Don't forget, I'm from Texas. That's the football capital of the world. Again, 
Reggie is not Canadian. He went and played in the CFL because he couldn't get a job in the NFL. And the CFL was the only place that offered him a job playing football. Okay, here's the quote on wide receivers I wanted to play for you yesterday. What options do you have in the slot? Who are your best guys there? Because it seemed like um, you guys haven't had a real slot receiver since Cobb. What kind of happened last year was Allen went in there and um, had some success playing, you know, that position for us. And then kind of with Devonte, he moved over there at times and we kind of rotated them around. And in, in this offense, you know, they're, they're kind of versatile. They can go outside and inside. And I think having them to um, kind of own that position so far in training camp and feel comfortable, they've done a good job there. That was brand new wide receiver coach Jason Vrabel. First-year wide receiver coach Alvis Witted was let go at the end of last year, and Matt LaFleur took his time looking for a new wide receivers coach. Ultimately, he went with an internal hire, moving offensive assistant Jason Vrabel to wide receiver coach. Now, at this point, all the fans and analysts are fully expecting the Packers to draft a wide receiver in the first couple rounds, maybe even several wide receivers. And this was our first hint that the Packers might not actually care a ton about the wide receiver position this year, preferring instead to lean on the tight ends and running backs in the passing game. Remember, the Packers' best weeks on offense last year were actually when Devontae Adams was out on injury and the team had to lean on Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams in the passing game, both running backs, instead of counting on Geronimo Allison, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, or Darius Shepard to step up. Now, of course, there are exceptions to this. In Week 6 against the Lions, it was Alan Lazard who stepped in and won the game. And here's General Manager Brian Gutekunst after the April draft explaining why the team didn't take a wide receiver. Quote, it just didn't work out that we were able to select some of the guys that we had rated really highly. And once we got to the middle and towards the end of the draft, I just didn't think there was a great opportunity to add a player that was going to make an impact on our roster this year. You guys know how hard it is for young players at that position to make an impact early. So this adds a bit of context. It's not that wide receiver doesn't matter to the Packers. It's just that it doesn't matter right now. LaFleur wants to get his tight ends and running backs going and really build the offense off of them first. And this is an uncomfortable adjustment that Packer fans are going to have to get used to because they are used to the Mike McCarthy offense with five elite wide receivers. But McCarthy's gone, and so is his offense. Going back to that interview with Jason Vrabel, a lot of fans have been hoping to see Equinemius St. Brown take ownership of the slot receiver role. Vrabel indicates instead that right now the plan is for Devontae and Lazard to split that, just like they did toward the end of last year. Vrabel noted that Equinemius has been struggling a bit to get back in the game after missing so much time after his rookie year, and now there's no preseason games. He was also asked how the team plays plans to take pressure off of Devontae Adams and if their hope is to get a young receiver to step up and accomplish that by becoming the wide receiver too. Uh, some teams have those packages in like, you know, uh, Coach Gray, who's here, you know, when we watched Minnesota last year, their thought process was to try to stop 17 as much as they can. Certain formations and personnels don't, the defensive coordinator can't do that just because, you know, you can move them around and put them maybe inside or outside. Um, so it makes it difficult. Uh, I think majority of coordinators want to stop a number one receiver whichever way they can. I don't think that dictating having a guy across from him is going to, you know, affect that. I wanted to ask you quick about MVS. Uh, you know, this past week, you know, Matt was talking about how important it was to kind of stack some of these practices together. In what ways do you think that that sort of, even if he doesn't have these preseason games, can help a guy like that kind of find his groove now. Matt prides himself on, of you know, the best way to evaluate a guy is, is consistency. And um, you love preseason games, which we don't have to get that. 
I think it's just his confidence of like if a route was supposed to be run at 22 yards and last year he might have won on the rep, but he would be at 18 yards. So 18 to 22 is a huge difference for the quarterback timing um, in that trust factor. And I texted him and we were talking just about the last probably three days and I've been with him for a year now. The last three days were the best practices I've seen out of him, um, just as far as consistency, like we talked about. And I think when he hears the play call, he breaks and says, all right, I'm supposed to run this route at, you know, exactly at 15 yards, and this is my leverage, and I'm trying to get the guy to move in to break out. Right now, he's running that exactly at that depth. So now the quarterback can come out and know he's going to be there and the timing there and just that trust factor is there. It's really hard to look at the current wide receiver room and see a huge opportunity for a rookie wide receiver that they could have taken in this year's draft to make a huge difference. That's just not the focus. They'd like to see guys like Marquez take that next step and become a consistent playmaker for the Packers, but it's not something they need. They do need guys like Josiah DeGuara, Jay Sternberger, AJ Dillon to step up and be key playmakers for the offense. Expect the team to throw a lot out of run formations to a bunch of different guys with a lot of misdirection thrown in frequently. We're out of time for today. For more in-depth analysis and a look at Packers strategy, make sure you subscribe to the Packernet Podcast, hosted by the Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp. Keep up on all the Green Bay Packers news by going to Packernet.com and follow the Packernet Podcast on Facebook. My name is JJ Leahy, and this has been the Daily Cheese, your Green Bay Packers news update.